Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Episode number 89. 89? We're more than midway through October. Um, Are you feeling the holiday... I guess not holiday. Are you feeling the Halloween season yet? Has it... Has it come over you? Are you ready to be spooky? Because this is, I would say, like, it's like the... Now is the prime time to be, ex, you know, over-the-top spooky. Because, we you know, we're getting pretty close to Halloween. It's about maybe... It's less than two weeks away. You know, you gotta be watching your spooky movies. Um, doing some spooky stuff. Dressing up spooky. Halloween parties are going to be happening. It's going to be a fun time. Me, personally, I'm not like the biggest Halloween fan. You know, the biggest Halloween time fan. Spooky time fan. I've It's never really been my thing. I'll be honest with you. Because it's not... It was never really a holiday. You know, when I was a kid. Because sometimes Halloween would land on a weekday. Or a school day, for the better term. And you would have to show up to school. It's not like it would be Thanksgiving or Christmas where you get that time off. It was just like, oh, one fun day out of the week and then right back to normal. Or it's all normal up until then. You have the fun day. You dress up. You do something funny. Maybe your class has a has a party. Maybe you watch a spooky or scary movie. And then you go about your day. Of course, the candy's always like, you know, the best thing about it. It's it's one of the hallmarks of American business. Halloween, you know, the candy companies make a fortune on that day. People buying candy, kids begging their parents to buy them candy, you know, candy this, candy that. If you have like a if you have like an uh a neighborhood that's full of kids, you gotta be prepared on that day because you don't want to be the house that is not prepared and has no candy for the little kids. Then they're gonna hate you. You're going to be known as the house without candy. Your house is going to get probably toilet papered or egged or something even worse than that. You got to be prepared. You got to have the candy. Luckily, this year we got candy just in case. You don't want to be the the house without candy and everybody's going to shun you. And you just got to turn all your lights off and turn everything off and then be like, oh, well, sorry. You know, no one's home, even though everybody is home. Um, But yeah, candy, you know, still to this day. I love candy. I can't get enough of candy. Um, we have Halloween candy right now for Halloween, but of course, you know, we pour it into the bowl, and it's impossible for you not to like get at least one or two every pass by of that bowl. I mean, it's just a fact. I mean, unless you have like, unless you hate candy, or have like a superior self control, or just don't have like anything sweet. Then you're you're probably you'd be like no it's easy I don't have any sort of temptation when it comes to candy not me I try to believe me I do but I I just can't every time I pass by that bowl I need at least one little candy one candy um come to the fact uh, you know to think about it my favorite like Halloween candy has got to be a Snickers bar like a mini Snickers not like a little tiny like you know quarter sized one. But like the two-incher one, you know, that one's pretty decent, you know, especially if it's like, um, you know, extra delicious. You know, sometimes you can get a bad one where it just doesn't taste all that good. But if you get the perfect one, man, you get like maybe 20 of those in a day. 
I mean, it's just perfect. I know that sounds like a lot, and it is a lot of candy. I should not be consuming that much candy at the advanced stage that I am. Um, it's just not healthy. But, you know, that's what that's probably the best part about Halloween is the candy. And dressing up was cool. I just prefer just getting candy. If I could, if I was able to trick-or-treat as a kid and not dress up as anything, I would absolutely have more fun, I think. Because I was... I'm not a big costume wearer. I kind of, you know, it's just like, I mean, I would, as I advanced in my age and got older, I the, the costume effort just kind of, you know, fell through the roof, fell out the, or th- just was just thrown out the window. The effort slowly died. I think one point, like, my best costume was probably Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, I got everything from the jeans, the Vofer Pedro shirt, the wig, the moon boots, I had it all, you know, very simple, but also like, you know, iconic, you know, there's, there's just not really a whole lot of iconic costumes that you could put on nowadays, I feel like resonate with modern day pop culture, not like back then when I was straight up Napoleon Dynamite, you probably take one look at me like, why were you not Pedro? Well, sorry, Napoleon was cooler, Pedro's sick, don't get me wrong, but you know, I was I was all about Napoleon. I mean, I guess, you know, even a couple years after Napoleon Dynamite, you could have been Nacho Libre. That would have been a pretty cool um, costume. But now I think that, that this year, what would be the most popular Halloween costume now? Maybe Robert Pattinson's Batman might be up there. Maybe um, Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman might be up there, too. I could see a lot of people being like um, She-Hulk, actually, just painting themselves green and being She-Hulk. That could be pretty simple. Um, maybe dress up as um, Doctor Strange. That might be one, too. That could be a thing. A lot of superheroes still, I think, you know, reign superior of, uh, of Halloween costumes. Um, I just feel like, you know, this year, Halloween is probably just going to be a bunch of that stuff uh stuff that i just don't care about not to be a downer or anything like that it's just like you know you get to an advanced aged halloween just isn't you know what it used to be which is fine i was invited to a party though i'm going to go to a friend's party i think it was like um i believe it was pirate themed which i'm actually pretty excited about um I'm, i'm trying to think of what i could wear for a pirate costume now, do I go full out, a full on pirate? Like, uh, you know, like, do I do like some crazy Captain Jack Sparrow type of costume? Or do I go like a little simple, like just maybe an eye patch and I'll, you know, buy a hook off of Amazon or something like that? You know, something very cheap. I don't know. Part of me wants to actually shell out some dough and get a pretty sick costume. Other me is like, nah, just make it simple. Make it, uh, don't go too, you know, don't go full throttle. Just, uh, you know, keep it simple. I was thinking maybe I could do the the poofy shirt from Seinfeld. You know, the bit when he's like, I don't want to be a pirate. When he's wearing the poofy shirt on, like, I think it's like the Today Show or whatever. That could be fun. But I would have to find a poofy-ass shirt, though. And I don't know if I could find that in time to be shipped here so I could wear it at that at the Halloween party. I don't know, though. I think that that'd be cool, though. Maybe I could just wear, like, a bandana just over my head. Like, you know, like a pirate bandana like they that they kind of wear. Or get, like, a pirate's hat. 
Maybe some boots. I don't know. Maybe get like a uh like a cool ass flintlock pistol. Like in like a Pirates of the Caribbean. But I don't know. Maybe that just wouldn't play out as well as I thought. Something that I don't think that I vibe with at all during the spooky season is gotta be watching and consuming scary movies day in and day out. Not a big fan of that. Never have been. I understand the the thrill of being scared. The thrill of watching something unfold and being potentially terrified by it. I absolutely get the appeal. However, for me, I feel like that is completely torturous, in my humble opinion. See, when I was a kid, I did not like scary movies at all. In fact, some movies that I thought were scary might not have been scary for the likes of you. I watched Signs, the M. Night Shyamalan movie, when I was a very young age, at a very young age. I think, like, maybe when I in 2002 or 2003 when I saw it. I can't remember when the movie came out, but it was shortly after it came out. And I watched it, and I remember to this day how traumatized I was at the scene when you see the alien for the first time. And I watch it now, and I'm thinking, like, this is so not as scary as I remember. Like, it's it's creepy. Don't get me wrong. It's, like, it's disturbing. But, like, for some reason, my my myself as a kid, I just could not get over it. Like, it just left, like, this imprint on my brain where I could not unsee it. And I don't know what it, why it did that. And since then, I've never watched any really, if you can categorize them, scary movies since then. I've never watched another single scary movie. I will not watch um, The Blair Witch Project. I will not watch Paranormal Activities 3 and Beyond. I've seen 1 and 2. Pretty creepy. Don't want to go back to that. And I've never seen The Exorcist. Not like the spinoffs, like whatever, like that, but I've... Never seen the original Exorcist. You might be asking why it's a classic. Why it's, you know, it's it's a well-known movie. Or it's, like, so good. Or, like, dude, that shit about, like, the devil and demons and possessions and all that. I don't want any part of that. I'll be honest with you. It's not something that I want to watch for fun. It seems like an absolute torture fest. Like you're putting me something that I think, you know, I, I'm pretty sure is got to be, you know, in a way real. If they make stuff about this, you know, at least a little bit of truth to it. Like, I just feel like it's it's too real and too like something you should avoid. You know what I'm you know, what I'm talking about like, I don't know what it is. But when we when I watch when I hear about those types of stuff like exorcists and all that and spirits i get spooked out i get so spooked out that i don't even want to be in the same room of when it's happening it's just not something that i want to be a part of i don't know aliens nowadays i'm cool with you know let me indulge in that let me see what this is all about but spirits demons the devil himself now nah, i'm okay I'm cool. 
In fact, I feel like that's what kind of most of the modern day scary movies are about now. Is some kind of like spirit or demon or something like that. Like I'm just talking about like the some like the the most recent scary movies that have come out recently. We have the Insidious movies, which is a lot of them, I think. Um, we have um, the Black Phone, I think, which was a thing. Orphan, I think, was another scary movie, which is like a spirit or something like that. Um, I think the Sinister was like a, a demon, too, or something like that. I remember that was a pretty popular scary movie when I was not growing up, but like not too long ago. It was one that my friends saw, and it really was like, they thought it was like really good. I'm like, oh shoot, that's crazy. Now, that's that branch. There's another branch that's like psychologically scary, I feel like. Like a movie like Get Out, or Us, or that movie Midsummer, which I never saw, but it just seemed like it wasn't about like a spirit or a demon but like a psychologically mess with your mind and that was scary about it i don't know like what exactly it was but i just kind of got that vibe from it i heard that that one was pretty popular too i don't know about like great but like pretty popular and i'm like oh, maybe i'll no i'll stay away from that it's just not my cup of tea not really what i'm feeling i don't know but um Besides, you know, avoiding that stuff, kind of got a little bit of bad news. Not, like, seriously bad news, but just, you know, news of, like, my age has been advanced. I'm no longer a young man, I would say. Well, I mean, like, I I feel like I sort of am a young man. But I was getting a haircut, and um, after I was done with my haircut, I, um, I washed my hair... And, you know, took a shower, and then I noticed a, a hair, not on my head, but next to my ear, like the opening of my ear. I was like, oh, shoot, there's a hair there. I'll just, you know, flick it off. It didn't flick off. And I'm like, okay, well, what is this? And then I saw my very first, and I'm pretty, sh- I'm pretty sure that this is the first actual ear hair of my life. You know, I've never had that before and I know that older people, older men, I you know just seeing being seeing people, seeing other, you know, just being out in the wild, that's a trait for older men is just ear hair, not necessarily on the ear. Well, well that's true. But growing from the inside of your ear, that's on a whole nother level of getting up in age. And right now I have one. My friend plucked it out for me. I was like, thank God. It hurt. It definitely hoit. But it was worth it. But, you know, I just thought I'd share that. Because that, I believe, is a sign, a telling sign that you're getting, you're getting a little older. You're getting, you be, you're becoming a man now, I say that because throughout my entire life, I have not once felt like a man. I don't know what it is. Like, when I look at my father, I'm like, well, that's a man. I can tell. And I look at me, I'm like, I'm just a boy. 
maybe it's because I've always known my father as a man. Then I'm like, oh, my, that's just a man. That's my father. And I look at me, I'm like, wait, wait, wait. When do I become that? How come I'm not that yet? And I know that I'm only 29. But, you know, I just feel like I'd be a little, I, I would look a little bit closer to that. I guess not yet. I don't know how much longer I have to wait, but there's that. Maybe it's the fact that the modern day generation just looks younger. I mean, if you think about it, let's 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 take a time machine back. All right, do this on your own. Do this on your own research. Right, do this at home or on break, phone, computer, tablet, whatever. Just look at look up images of how men looked at like let's say 30 years old in the 1930s or 40s just google that maybe even before that 1920s they look like they're 50 in though in those pictures they don't look like they're 30 years old in modern day time they've definitely seen some action they've definitely been through a lot more struggle than I would say most modern day 30 year old men and I'm not even 30 yet it's just kind of like you know crazy how like easy life is right now that we don't look like that not even close to that like not even like like even like in the 70s right like you can look at baseball players like also do this look at baseball players in the 70s, like around 35 years old, 30, 35 years old, they look like they're 50. Like, I don't know what it was back then that they were doing to make themselves look older or what we are doing now to make ourselves look younger. I have no idea, but it's just strikingly weird on how different generations of people look at exactly the same age as they were back then. Was the sun hotter? Was the food was living or was living just rougher? Was lotion not a thing? You know, uh, people use lotion quite a bit. I rarely do. Um, I don't. I just. I don't have time to put it on. I feel like it, it would take a while for me to just apply lotion. You know, to any part of my body. Like you know, I shower and you know that's enough. I feel like. I'm smooth enough, you know, I don't need any more things to make me as smooth as I could be, you know, as much as I probably need it, I just don't do it, um, was lotion not a thing back then, was, um, you know, skin care, or skin health, however you say it, was that not really a thing back then, to where they look a lot older than they would today, maybe, but I don't know, I don't know like a whole lot of dudes that even use lotion. So maybe that's not even a fair a fair comparison. Scientifically, that might be unscientifically theorized. Hmm, possibly, but it just puzzles me. It truly does. And I have no way to wrap my mind around it. Maybe maybe it's just that they worked a lot harder than we did. They were exposed to the sun 
a lot more than we were, if you think about it. Like, now we have the internet. Now we have social media. TV is more popular. I mean, pretty as popular as it has been. But the internet and all that, and a lot of inside jobs. A lot of, like, jobs that require you to be indoors and not really outdoors anymore. We don't really, as a society, I feel like, we don't really build as many buildings as we used to. Because all the buildings that were built back then are probably still being used for for work, to do inside work. So we don't really have to build a whole lot of buildings nowadays. I just... I just I mean, I'm probably 100% wrong on that, but, like, I just feel like modern-day, you know, building building is not as popular as it was back in, let's say, the 1960s or the 1970s. I mean, I just, I feel like that's a, a fair assumption. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but, you know, that's what I'm all about. I just want to be wrong in the most sincere way as possible. Maybe we have even more buildings nowadays because people build buildings even more than they did back then. That also could be a thing. I don't know. Maybe I'm just seeing the wrong people. I could That could be it, though. That could be it. I'm just trying to figure out of how people back then looked so much older than they actually were. Maybe it was a lot of smoking, if you think about it. That might be it, actually. Smoking back then was pretty much common everywhere you went. Even people in professional sports were smoking on the fields. Baseball, football, um, sometimes basketball. People would just be smoking in the stands. Smoking was such a, a social activity back then. Now, it still is, don't get me wrong, but there's a fraction of people smoking now than there were back then. People did it to be cool. They did it because it was commercialized. Athletes did it. You know, celebrities did it. People did it in, like I said, restaurants everywhere. It was smoking everywhere. You could, It's like you couldn't even get away from smoking. Now you can't even find a, a place to smoke. You know, I think it's for better because smoking to, tobacco smoke is just, you know, I feel like, in my opinion, just smells pretty bad. I would want that in my nostrils, you know, secondhand smoking shit. Now again, I'm no I'm no doctor, so I don't know really know how secondhand smoking actually works. Never really put it to the test. The most smoky environment I've ever been in is probably a casino where they're just ripping cigs all day and night. You know, gam- gamblers are just like, you know, ripping them just constantly just trying to get, you know, take the edge off of all the money they've lost. Which is, you know, I guess fine. Um, I also don't really have a problem with that, you know, in that environment because usually a casino is got a pretty high ceiling, so you can definitely smell it, but it could be a lot thicker, you know. Uh, you can just see the smoke, visibly see the smoke like everywhere, versus like smelling it here and there and seeing it just kind of go up, you know. Thank God the the casinos are actually like you know, pretty high ceilinged. You know, that would suck if they weren't. Um, I remember when I actually tried gambling, you know, going to casinos, because I thought it was cool. You know, my parents would, would go there a couple times, and we would stay at the hotels there. 
And, you know, I just got the vibe of, like, this is just like an arcade. I mean, I could definitely get in on this. I could definitely try it out. It seems fun. The, the sounds are cool. The music is catchy. There's bright lights, you know. I always see these commercials of very cool people winning a lot of money. Hey, maybe I could try this out for size. You know, I, I remember one time I lost 20 bucks within, like, the span of three minutes. And that was only 20 bucks. People have lost their houses in in the span of three minutes. And I just think, like, whoa. When I lost that 20 bucks, I was like, oh, my, oh, oh my goodness. Like, I'm down 20 bucks. Like, that 20 bucks is gone. And I'm like, how do I get it back? Well, you got to keep playing. I'm like, okay, I'll try. I think I ended the night seven bucks with seven bucks and i i came in with 60 like i tried with 60 dollars for the night and i left with seven i'm like hey i didn't go home empty-handed sure as hell definitely went home with a lot less than i wanted to shit you know and at one point i was like in on the verge of like being at net zero you know money from when i started but I was able to battle back and actually get some money. But I got to tell you this, man. I don't think that the rush of gambling or that the and the, 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 the high of winning big is big enough for me to continue to like, like lose money up until that point. I get very, very nervous when I have to pay for gas. Because the money just drains out of my account like crazy. I get nervous when I have to um, buy groceries because I'm nervous of what that bill's going to be. So naturally, I'm not built for gambling. I, I think I figured that out just right now. I can't handle the little losses of money in my account, which I know I sound stupid about that. I know I do. Money is made so you can spend it, right? Now, of course, you shouldn't have, like, you shouldn't be, like, living from paycheck to paycheck is what I'm saying. Like, don't spend, don't calculate it so you have, like, none ready available in case you have an emergency. No, I'm not saying that. But definitely, you know, put some away. That way you have something to fall back on if you have an emergency. That I mean, I feel like, that's like common knowledge, right? It's like a, it's like a savings account. You put money in to save up in case you need it. That way, I guess you feel like the money that you have in your spending account, it's like, oh, I can spend this because I'm putting money away to save it for a rainy day. Maybe I should do that. Maybe that'll help me out with my spending problem, which is non-existent. It's actually the, the, the problem of not spending it. I mean, I will wait and wait and wait Till I absolutely need gas or I absolutely need um, an oil change or a car wash. I will wait just because I don't want to spend it. I'll be like, oh, let's see, I want to buy this now, but I don't really need it. It just, that just, you know, that just kind of goes into my, my head all the time. So I'll just wait, wait, and wait, and wait, and wait, and just not spend anything and just kind of be in this, this, this happy state, yet, yet kind of. Um, sad state of I have a lot of money in my account but I don't really have anything 
that I want to spend it on. That makes me actually sad. Is that I don't want to, I can't spend it on anything because I don't know what I want to spend it on or if I have the courage to even spend it. I know I've talked about this a lot in this podcast, but I just want to get this out of the way. And I maybe that that's that maybe that's the cure. Maybe I just get a savings account. That way I could just, you know, put at ease a little bit, know that I'm saving some money, and then spend some not a crazy amount, but maybe more than zero that I normally spend. Um maybe that'll work. I don't know. Just a thought. It could potentially be something that I, you know, fool around with, uh, but maybe, maybe it, maybe, maybe it won't really lead to anything. All I know is not a big gambling fan. And I found that out very quickly. Found that out very, very quickly. And I haven't been back since. I've been invited by a, a friends a couple of times and I've been like, mm, nah, I don't really have the courage to do it. I just don't have the courage. I'd rather save it. I'd rather it just be in my account sitting there than than try to get more of it. it to me, it just it it's not something that I take pleasure in. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe if I get older and I get richer, maybe I win the lottery. Maybe I'll start spending money. Who knows, though? I don't know. It's something that I pondered. And I've thought, how come I never got into this? Because gambling has ne- been has never been popular, more popular I would say than today. Not just like blackjack and casinos, but sports gambling as well. Like it's never been more popular than today, I believe. You know, people, every other commercial during a football game is about one sports book or another. It's insane. I've noticed this. It's like they're promoting it so hard because it's a big business. And I was just like, okay, I mean, clearly this is like almost a, a part of like the culture now in America. At least if you watch sports or even like sports, sports gambling has like become like part of the culture and part of the experience now. I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get into it because I don't want to taint my love of sports. I like sports for the passion, the competition, the rivalries, and just the pure fun of it. If I throw gambling at it, I don't know if I'm going to be able to look at it the same way. You know, like I have favorite teams, right? I have the Dodgers and the Rams, right? My two my two teams that I, that I root for in, in their respected seasons and playoffs. And if I were to add gambling to that, would I become less of a fan of those teams and more just a fan of like, hey, these guys got to make the over or they got to cover or what's the spread? You know, I just I, I don't know if that that magic of loving sports for what they are would 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 diminish. But it's not something something that I would want to find out either. You know, I think I, I'm I'm okay with where I'm at, in, you know, enjoying sports for what they are, competition at its finest, and that's it. I think that's all I need, though. That's really all I need. I'm, 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 it's, I think it's because I'm so stupid. I will watch for me a meaningless Thursday night football game just because I, I purely enjoy it. I got nobody on my fantasy team playing. I don't care about these teams at all. Some of the players I hate, some teams I might even hate, 
but I'll watch it without gambling. I, I think that's the purity that I that I have in sports watching. And I want to keep that. I want to keep that so I stay pure. So I stay pure. I feel like that's missing in sports with some people. But I'm going to keep the purity. I had a rough last couple days, actually. Pretty rough. No, not the haircut. Something else. Something more Something um, more personal. Something that, something that I... That I uh, that I care about a lot more than than in ear hair. Um, you guys know that I'm a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, and they are no longer in the postseason. They were eliminated by the San Diego Padres um, in the NLDS. They won three out of five games, and uh, they're now playing the Phillies. At the moment, um, where do I start? Um, first of all, um, the Dodgers, if you didn't know, won 111 regular season games this campaign. I think that they're their, their franchise highest, I would say, and I couldn't care less. Could not care less, and I'm I'm sick of this. I'm sick of this feeling of being a Dodgers fan and shredding and destroying teams in the regular season and getting bounced early by a mediocre-ass team that you owned all season long, that you had their number. I was at one of the games. They had no chance, no fight, no spirit. This is with Juan Soto, and you absolutely lay the biggest egg that I've ever seen of this team in in, in past, present, future. I mean, like this is like the biggest collapse by a single Dodgers team that I have ever seen in my life. I don't care if you made it to the NLCS, the World Series. And lose it. You you cannot lose the way that you lost to the Padres in the NLDS. Not even put up a fight. You can't score with the bases loaded and nobody out. No one can get a hit. I'm sick of these sacrifice flies that just get one measly run. And then holding on for dear life with whatever pitchers we got not being able to hold on in that sense and just letting this team this bitch ass Padres team that does not deserve to be in the NLCS take you out of the postseason I abs- I, I can't believe that I'm in this position right now speaking this vilely this illy about the team that I love and the team that I've supported and the team that for sure I thought was going to win the World Series. And it wasn't just me. Our manager, our head coach, Doc Rivers, not Doc Rivers, um, uh, Dave Roberts. Some people call him Doc. 
and got Doc and the Doc Rivers mixed up. It's not Doc Rivers. It's uh, uh, Dave Roberts, not Doc Rivers, just to be clear. Um, the way he he guaranteed a World Series championship. And he gets bounced with one win in the NLDS. Listen, man, I mean, the team that we have, Mookie Betts, Trey Turner, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, um, Cody Bellinger, I can go on and on and on and on and on. We cannot lose in that pathetic fashion. Did I say Freddie Freeman? I don't know if I did. It's unacceptable. And I feel like this has just gone for far too long where we we get, we do so well in the regular season, but when the games actually matter, we either lose or we barely scoot by. And we have some of the most boneheaded decisions made by Dave Roberts that I could ever, that, that I can remember. And just horrible ass at bats, horrible plays in the field. I'm looking at you, Trey Turner. Um, that that I've seen all year, and they all just kind of come out in the games that we need to win. How, how how does this happen? Why does this keep happening? It can't be the team's fault. These guys are incredible. The team has only gotten better since we won the. I don't even know if I want to count the 2020 World Series right now. I'll be honest, we played 60 games and got in and won it, you know, in a bubble. I mean, I'm so angry right now. Like, I don't even want to count that as an actual win because it's it's proven now that we just can't do it with a, a regular season to the point where I actually tweeted, playoffs are stupid. Now, do I actually believe that? Part of me says yes. Part of me also says no. Part of me says... That this is how it's always been, Alex. Teams should be able to mentally push through and win a championship if they're actually that good. And I fully, fully believe that. But when you root for a team that doesn't know how to do that and demolishes in the actual regular season... I almost want to just abolish the playoffs and just play for the league. Now, I know that's completely not going to happen and stupid of me to say, but it sucks when your team, who is literally destined and has the team, the actual blueprint, to win a World Series championship and comes up so short that you have no idea what to do but to just cry in confusion. I mean... I didn't actually cry, but like I could definitely see people who would cry and just be absolutely baffled of why we are not in the NLCS, if not the World Series right now. I mean, obviously not now, but like, why are we not in the NLCS? There's no reason why we shouldn't be in the NLCS. I've never seen more pathetic at-bats, more pathetic pitching, more, hey, we got a lead, let's hold on, bullshit, than I've seen this year. It's... Never been this bad. They, and they only play. I only saw these fuckers play for four games. I thank God I didn't see them playing for... I thank God they did not advance where I could have been 
seeing more of that. Those fuckers don't deserve to be in this NLCS. I'll, I'm, I'll say it right now. They don't deserve it. Thank God that they crumbled and I didn't have to see more of this when the stakes were even higher. No, it's 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 embarrassing as it is. This is how embarrassing as it will get. If you moved on, you probably would have gotten more respect. These fuckers don't deserve the respect. They deserve all the hate in the world right now for the way that they've performed in that National League Division Series. I just can't. I can't. I can't support it anymore. I can't. And I don't think it's the player's fault. I think it's Dave Roberts' fault. I think that he needs to be fired. I think that whatever has this 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 crumbling sense in the playoffs besides one year has been very constant for the past maybe 4 years. Now, I know we went to the World Series a couple of those times, 17 and 18 I want to I believe. But 19, 20, whatever. I don't even want to count that right now. I'm so mad. 21 and now 22. I'm seeing a pattern here where we play some really fucking mediocre baseball under Dave Roberts. I'm not sure if they don't believe him or if he's got doesn't have the right mentality or what. But I feel like so we paid Mookie Betts a ton of money. We paid Freddie Freeman a lot of money. Can't be the players. It's got to be the manager. And he should be the first to go. I'm I'm pretty serious about this. That lackluster performance, man. Just terrible. No fight. No commitment. No nothing. It was just sad. From beginning to end. Beginning was fine. Beginning was cool. We scored five runs. They could have came back, but they didn't. Then after that, it was just downhill. Nothing. Runs dried out. Same uncompetitive baseball that I've seen for the past five years of this team. I'm done. I'm sick of it. I'm, I, I, can't, I, I can't look at this team. I've wanted to denounce them so many times uh, these, this past few days. I, I won't do that because I'm a fan still. But I w- expect there to be a shift. There, something has to change. This cannot continue. I'm sick of doing amazing in the regular season for nothing. For nothing. Not even a chance of the World Series. Like, not even... Something's got to change. And it's got to change quickly. There's only so much of this I could take. So much of this I can muster up and just... Just smile through the pain. I'm not... I can't do it anymore. I cannot... I've never felt so disappointed in a team than I was on Saturday night. I mean, I still haven't I still haven't forgotten about it. Still in my head. Living rent-free in my head. <sighs> but that's sports, I guess, right? You got to live with the heartaches even though it, it it just ruins your week. Like I have I just I I I don't even know if the the social media accounts of the Dodgers have even tweeted or posted anything since they lost because they just know that that it is super embarrassing. 
I mean, I, they, they, they think they posted like one as soon as the final out was fucking recorded. Thank you, fans. Like, shut the fuck up. I don't. Shut up. You make me miserable. So much potential. They're going to win the World Series talk to this, to the Padres. And then on top of that, the, the Phillies beat the Braves. What? Whatever. Sports are stupid. Playoffs are stupid. I don't even know why I continue to watch. It just makes me mad every single time. All right, couple shows that I want to review. I want to touch up on because they actually completed last week. And now I get to talk about them. Number one, She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Um, I don't I can't remember what I really said about She-Hulk when I first talked about it. I think I said that it was pretty decent. It had a pretty convincing start. You can probably fact check me. I probably didn't say any of the shit. But now that I think about it, you know, the dust has settled. I've been able to compose myself more. Um, I thought it was a solid 6 out of 10. A, a, a solid okay show um, for what it was. Now, some people will hate this. Some people will love it. Um, but I think most people will be like, it was okay. There's like, I think that what I've learned so far in phase four of the MCU is that up until this point, there has like not really been any connective tissue to the, the greater, the grander Marvel Cinematic Universe characters, events, um, teams, whatever, like, there's just, like, been, like, not really any meaningful connection to the world where it's heading in this entire phase, and She-Hulk continues that, um, not, uh, that, that, um, that course as well, but for what it is, if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna judge it on what it is, it's definitely an okay watch. There's definitely some really funny moments in this show that I was not expecting. Um, it kind of feels like a rom-com TV show, which I ended up liking a lot more than I thought that I would. There's definitely some really um, cringy-ass moments, but that's the vibe of the show, though. That's I kind of feel like that's kind of like where they were going with it. So I can't really knock it on that because it works as in that realm of what it is, of what the show's trying to be. Um, it definitely does um, go in all in on like just, you know, the character of She-Hulk and what her, you know, the obstacles that she has to achieve and the problems and all that and the characters around her too. Um, it definitely succeeds in that, I think. I think that the, the woman who plays She-Hulk is awkwardly funny like i'll admit it like i think that she's really funny in this role um and you know there's definitely i just i I don't see her really fitting in in the mcu i just like this show might have been like the one show that felt very anti-mcu and i'm like how do you fit in all this 
I, I, we got your character, this quirky, awkward lady who like has like um, dating problems and stuff like that. She's just trying to live her life as a lawyer and be taken seriously and stuff like that. But I'm like, how, how are you going to be? I, I, I'm sure they will be able to do it, but I'm just like, at the moment, I'm like, I don't really see you in the MCU yet. That could just, you know, and I felt the same way with, like, Moon Knight, too. Like, Moon Knight feels like it's just his own thing. Like, it's just a one-off done. He's a Marvel character. Not, like, gonna put him in the MCU. Or even, like, um... Uh, the Hawkeye show. Good God. That was like, how is this even gonna be MCU stuff, either? You know, just a, a lot of this phase has just been, you know, really, like... Let's just put stuff out there to be Marvel, and hopefully people like it. Not really much connections of stuff because we're not ready to reveal stuff. I just kind of feel like that's what it's like, and She-Hulk couldn't be more further away from that. It definitely feels like it's just like, let's put a Marvel character in it and slap MCU on it, and boom. We'll have a couple tie-ins, maybe a character drop, maybe a past character that we had before, put him back in this shit, and we'll see where it takes us. That's what it feels like to uh, to me. Um, so if you go into it, if you haven't seen it yet, and you go into it and you're like, just just take the MCU out of it, and you'll probably end up, end up liking it more than I did. Um, but overall, an okay show. Like I said, 6 out of 10. It's definitely funnier and in some parts than others. The woman who plays She-Hulk... I think does it very, very well, both as She-Hulk and Jen Walters. So, yeah, if, you, if you're thinking about checking it out, I suggest you do. And just, just don't really go in with high expectations or that it connects very well to the MCU, overall MCU. Because, um, in my opinion, it just didn't do any of that, really. Um, still a fun watch, though. Still a fun watch. All right, next one. This is the big one. This is one I've been wanting to talk about for a while. The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Was it good? Was it a success? How did I feel about it? I have to tell you, I have to be honest with you. I feel like there could have been like at least two episodes cut out of this show. And it would have been better... But I still don't think that I would have absolutely loved it as much as I wanted to. And let me tell you why. I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago when I kind of did like a little mid-season review. Where the show just kind of takes a little too long to get to the point. And it definitely did. And then once we reached, you know, some pivotal episodes... It definitely got back up going again, and it got a little bit more of a pace and a better, um, you know, pacing, I guess you could just say, of the show. So that's a good thing. But there's still a chunk there that's just like, was that really necessary? I I just, I feel like it wasn't. And I just kind of feel like they were kind of stretching it out, the material out quite a bit. And I don't really know why. There's a lot of episodes where you just leave characters alone. That meaning by you don't see certain characters 
for a couple episodes, some of these characters. And you're like wondering, well, what's going on there? Is that just a dead end? And they come back at the end to just retie things. It's like, I mean, it doesn't really flow as, I guess, organically or as smoothly as I have w- would have wanted the show to uh, be, uh, you know, told, I guess. Maybe that's just an opinion that I, a problem that I had. Maybe you had it too. I just kind of felt like there's a lot of things in this show that it kind of glosses over and then tries to make up for in the end, but just doesn't have that big of an impact, um, to me at least. And it, it, it another point of that is taking characters like um, Boy and Mom and her elf friend, um, significant amount of time for them to be built up and for me to even sort of like these characters. Up until I would say maybe episode 6, maybe even episode 7, I didn't give a flying fuck about mom, boy, and her um, elf friend. I don't even know his name. Um, like, like, not just, not, not because, like, of who they are, just like they didn't really do a whole lot of stuff. And not, not, that's not what I mean. They did, they did a lot of stuff, but there wasn't much story or, like, character development behind them that when they did the stuff that I even cared. Like, there's, I've said this before, there's a lot of very cliche scenes in this show where they fake you out like characters are going to die, but they don't die. And it's just like, I've seen this before. Why is this showing up again? Like, you're better than this, Lord of the Rings. Rings of Power, you are better than this. What is going on? Um, And just a lot of, like, I feel like a lot of shots in a, a lot of sequences in this show just get dragged out just to make the time. And I've said this before. I've always expected, you know, streaming TV to be at least like, you know, dramatic shows like this, epic shows to be at least an hour long. I might take that back now because (laughs) if you don't have the stuff, you don't have it. Make it shorter. Sorry, I'm going to go back on what I said. You don't have it. Don't force us to watch like, you know, useless minutes of, of stuff that doesn't even matter. Um, you know, I, I'll forgive you for that. And, that, you know, it's just, you're not just trying to please me. I feel like the, the, the majority of people watching that was just like, there's just a lot of stuff that does not need to be in this show for you to get your point across. Um, very silly things happen in this show too. Like, like, <laughs> This is this is gonna be a spoiler right here. This is gonna be a spoiler right here, um, and it's one of my major major problems of the show. So I'm just letting you know, spoiler ahead right now. Um, the way that Mordor is created in this show has got to be one of the dumbest things they could have done to the Lord of the Rings. Like, they put in, like, modern-day writing to this. Modern-day bullshit. We have no idea how this is going to turn this place into Mordor. Let's make this item do it. They use the sword that is in the marketing that kind of feeds off of evil to become 
like an actual sword. It's like a hilt at first. But it, when it's with people with like anger and rage and evil, it becomes an actual sword. And there's this little keyhole in an area of the Southlands that is like kind of like almost like a, a gateway to unlocking something. I think that it's mentioned a couple times that it's like it, it unlocks evil or whatever. Um, and this dude gets the sword and he's so bad that he's got the sword at full length, slams it into the keyhole, twists it, thus creating Mordor. You know, the the lava underneath is unlocked or something like that, or water is poured in, causing geysers to erupt, and eventually the volcano, the lone volcano in the Southlands, erupts, and then plumes of black clouds come over, and then meteors come down, and the uh, the land is scorched in lava and ash, and then the 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 mountainous the the, the volcano is smoking. And all because of some dude twisting a sword key in the ground. I mean, you've got to be kidding me here. That's like Rise of Skywalker MacGuffin type of writing right there. Couldn't believe it. I actually rolled my eyes. I'm like, great. Sword key. Unlocks Mordor. Interesting. Very interesting. You know, they had it a little bit better than that before they did the sword key thing. It was actually very interesting. Another spoiler here. The orcs um, in the show, wherever they lived, dug like holes and stuff and had to chop down trees, you know, and, and like kill off animals and burn the grass and all that. And in that way... The, the, the land was, like, dying because of what they were doing. And it looked like, hmm, maybe that's how they turned it to Mordor. They just unearthed it and just destroyed every living thing in it. And I actually dug that a lot more, you know, far more than Sword Key. Now, I just feel like, you know, okay, that's more of an organic way to do it than Sword Key. I mean, trust me, when I, when I say... When I say that I rolled my eyes, I mean I rolled my eyes at that moment. I was about to quit on that. I'm like, no fucking way. They made Mordor from a sword key being turned in the ground and activating Mount Doom to blow. <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. Um, but I'm not going to be all Debbie Downer and all that. I'm not going to be all Debbie Downer. Um... The stuff with the Harfoots, for me, ended in a positive note just because I enjoy positivity. And even with the silly Harfoots and the stranger, um, who we all know who he is. I'm not going to say who we who I think it is, but or who I know who it is. But I think if um, you've seen the Lord of the Rings before, you will know who the stranger is. It's very obvious if you've seen the show and i'll just say this a little disrespectful for the timeline but whatever i guess we're okay with that i mean they have sword key that's probably the worst of all um but at, at the end of my criticisms 
at the end of my gripes, which was, those are like the main two ones, the show definitely is very cool and very Lord of the Ringsy in the atmosphere and the characters even, the main ones, like uh, Elrond and Celebrimbor and the dwarves. It's, like, it's a very Lord of the Ringsy show, which at the end, end of the day made me enjoy it enough for me to want a second season. So all in all, it it was it was a glorious looking adventure, an incredible soundtrack in my opinion, pretty good performances by everybody, even like you know people who have said to be some of the most hated characters, I think did very very well. Galadriel, um, Durin, the Harfoots, Stranger, I think they all did pretty damn well, um, at, you know performances performance wise. Just like things in the story that just kind of threw me off, like Sword Key and Stranger and the witches that were in Middle Earth. And, um, uh, a, a battle that I thought was just not a good battle. I'll just say it right up front. Poorly written, in my opinion. Um, some characters just being left to the wayside. I didn't like that either. I mean, I just like some of the stuff that that was much more interesting just kind of left out to dry till the very end. It's like, okay, we got some, you know, you know, recon- rec- recognition. It's a little too late though, you know. So all in all, a decent show. It hits, got some hits, it got some misses. Some things I don't like about it. Um others things I think that that fit the world of the Lord of the Rings pretty well. Um, solid show though. I'd give the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, a 7.7 out of 10. And I think that the next season, I don't know if it's going to be bigger, but it's definitely got to be a little bit more, uh, on the, on the, on the expansive side, like just a little bit more expansive. Now we have... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Incoming. We have three of the Rings of Power. We need more. So show us now how we get more. I was about to call it the show. If we, didn't get, if we did not get any rings, I was going to be like, what? Did I miss something? Where's the rings at? Wait, what's going on here? Um, so, yeah. Decent show. Um... I need a second season. I need to see where this goes. But, you know, overall, it has problems. And I think that in the second season, those problems will be dealt away because they had to get to a point of where you you notice some of the, uh, the main uh, uh, players, I guess, in Middle Earth. Good and bad. So, uh, yeah, um, that's going to be it for this week, everybody. Thank you for listening and thank you for watching. Remember, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, YouTube, at Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Uh, this drops every Thursday. Like and subscribe, rate and review. Uh, um, if you want to send a topic, shoot me a DM, you can do all that stuff. 
Um, anyways, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for watching. And I will see you guys next week.